Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Super NES Classic Edition pre-orders are incoming. Capcom tests the Switch market uh, again, and the wrong condiment wins Splatfest. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? That's going pretty good. I mean, yeah. what a great day to be alive. Oh, all right. What a blessing every breath is. <laughs> this is uh, a more positive spin on your take from last week <laughs> when you were like, oh, I'm kind of down. <laughs> now, every breath is a blessing. You and I were just, in moments before we started recording, we're admiring the blues that you could see out my window. The moon. And the moon. So maybe it is. Maybe every breath is a blessing. It's a nice segue into weather report. That's right. Uh, warm. Smoggy. Smoggy. Uh, so, you know, every struggled breath <laughs> is a struggled blessing. Our guest weather today is Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, as of the time of this recording, which, you know, admittedly is nighttime in Michigan. It's uh, 62 de- degrees with uh, 71% humidity. Seems like it's been, um, you know, alternately rainy and sunny in Kalamazoo. It does look that way. <laughs> Neither of us are, have... Have you been to Kalamazoo? No. I've been to Michigan. Oh, I also have been to Michigan. I, spent, I have spent more time in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan as it is connected to Wisconsin, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, than I have in the mainland Michigan. Is that how that, is that, how that distinction works? I, it works for me. All right, great. Well, big ups to our listeners in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Big ups. Uh, keep <laughs> fighting that good fight against that like 70% humidity. Yeah, we're fighting against like what? 40% humidity? 50%? Yeah, something it, like that. It feels like it's been a lot. Is it, uh, How cold... This is tangentially related, but how yes. cold does your, where your, your place of work get? How cold does it yeah, get? Yeah, during like the during like summer. the winter month. Oh. No, 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 like right now. Oh, just just hot all the time. Oh, okay. My my office. So I work in a uh, an office inside a warehouse, and the warehouse is just like a giant sheet metal building. Sure, yeah. So it heats up tremendously uh, all day. Um, so yeah, it doesn't get cold at all. Is does your office? Is it like hyper air conditioned? Is it, that so? It wasn't for the air condition. The air conditioning in. Like the suite that I am in was very was not working. So for months, oh. so for months they were just buying like fans for uh, everybody to just plug in and have facing like right and just like blasting them. And then you would go one suite over and it was like freezing. Yeah. And then finally this past weekend, I guess they fixed it. And so I went into work today and for like thirty minutes enjoyed the air conditioning before I immediately just like turned to the person sitting next to me and was like, "It's cold." Why is it so cold? You, you always find something to complain about that's at work. Right. Yeah. I mean, because it's work. It's unpleasant. Yeah. Mark, what have you been playing this week? So, it was a big weekend for Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was the Splatfest. Right. The inaugural Splatfest of all of us having the game. That's right. Right. Uh, it Mark- was Team Mayo versus mm-hmm. Team Ketchup. Mark and I were both repping ketchup. Yeah, which I was surprised because I thought that you were flirting with the idea of being, being Team Mayo. I flirt with all kinds of things that don't end up committing to, Mark. So, uh, do you have regrets of joining Team Ketchup? Because for listeners who have been living a blissful life unaware of the results of mayo versus ketchup in all three regions uh-huh mayo won. so it's not just the results that uh people who are oblivious to splatoon have been spared it's the whole w- war yeah i mean this Splatfest has been it divisive gets, it, ugly uh, it gets real ugly i said things that you can't take back i can't frankly. take back especially now that we lost <laughs> team ketchup lost i mean i will always be team ketchup right okay i i honestly I don't feel that much of an affinity for ketchup. If it had been ketchup and like versus almost any other condiment, no, it's not right because I wouldn't be team mustard. But if it, if it were team ketchup versus team barbecue sauce, 
Oh, I mean, I in that case, I would be barbecue sauce for sure. But I, do, do you consider barbecue sauce a condiment? It's a sauce. Mmm, this is a great distinction. I put it on a lot of things. Yes. Like burgers mm-hmm. or sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great... I Honestly, I'm not sure which is a condiment and which is a sauce. Well, in my opinion, a barbecue sauce is not a condiment. I'm open to other interpretations, but hopefully there won't be a splatfest about that. If there's a splatfest along those lines, it should be barbecue versus ranch. Yes. Yeah. That would be very American-focused. Yeah. Which they've done in the past. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we lost. Mark, did, were you, uh, did you play a lot of Splatfest this weekend? I did. I didn't uh, play as much as I would have liked to because it took uh, the first night, Friday night, it was only 24 hours. That's right. And from Friday night to Saturday night. And Friday night, I tried to play a little bit, got connection errors left and right. Yeah. It was just always being, uh, instead of being versus Team Mayo, it would just be like catch up on catch up. Yeah, well, uh, so I also had a lot of catch-up on catch-up fights, and the breakdown, uh, it was like 73% of players were on team catch-up. Well, so, like, that's inevitable that you're going to have to just play against your own team sometime. Right. And, but, I, yeah, just, like, really bad problems throughout the entire Splatfest connecting mm-hmm. where you'd be, like, in a match, and then you'd get, and then the match would conclude, it'd be fine, and then you'd get kicked out, and it would take you forever to like get matched with a team again and then you'd yeah. have to wait another 120 seconds or whatever it's just like all the time in between the matches right added up um i don't i it, it seems like there is something specifically with Splatfest that they have uh like matchmaking problems with and it probably is because so many people are on ketchup and not as many are on mayo uh and it's a frustrating experience when you're like the highest i'm not even that high level in splatoon 2 i think i'm like level 15 okay but so like you're the highest level everybody else is like level four and five and then you get matched uh up against a team mayo that's like all level all level like 30s 30. yeah and you're like well what am i even supposed to do just do your best man <laughs> just have fun um so, so some other things that uh the the splat fest you know it, it takes over turf wars and basically all you're able to do is oh does it also take over the the ranked matches too or yeah you, yeah it just it becomes the only way to play is uh one team versus another team in turf war um but it also uh changes the music and changes the lighting in all the levels and introduces a new stage entirely called shifty station um i really liked shifty station i did too i thought it was awesome um i love that these like these giant chunks of the course that just like slide past each other um and it was cool it's cool to to have a a new course or maybe even like a splat fest specific course that will only get to play during these uh during these events and i liked this idea of like you're saying a shifting Mm -hmm. course um did splatoon one have anything similar to that I just really like that idea. Yeah, I like that too. I can't remember there being one. I saw a lot of people online uh, complaining about Shifty Station or saying that it was kind of, it always led to unbalanced matches where like one team would just cream the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, that wasn't my experience. Yeah, it wasn't I mine either. I found them to be fairly, like fairly competitive for the most part. Yeah. I mean, no less competitive than other, other maps. Yeah. But yeah, I thought I really liked Shifty Station. Uh, so I, I played a bunch of Splatfest as well, uh, I meant to get back into it on Saturday night, but, uh, Sarah and I sunk many hours into Overcooked, which we have almost beaten. Uh, we've gotten all the way to the beast, the, the final boss and have been unable to beat him. Um, it's a 12 and a half minute long, like Overcooked level. Whoa. And it's so hard. We've never gotten close, as far as I can tell, and every time we attempt it, it's 12 and a half minutes long. <laughs> so, like, you know, like a normal overcooked level is three minutes, right? You you get into it, you go three minutes, and it's over, ding, 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 you did well, you did poorly. Um, but it is, it is excruciating to get, like, kind of a rocky start at the beginning of those 12 minutes, and then, like, 
well, we got to practice later on, so let's <laughs> just get to it and try, even though we know we're going to fail this time. But man, what a good game. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. I have fun when I play it. Um, we were playing a little bit on Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's like the more people you have, I kind of feel like the more fun it is. Yeah, I think that that's got to be true. Pl- playing it by yourself doesn't make any sense, but no. I mean, part of what's fun about it is just screaming at your friends, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and having them scream at you like, no, I said onions, you idiot! <laughs> uh, I w- have also been playing Air Zonk. As promised. As promised. Um, it's fun. It's more fun than those types of games normally are. Really? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So, first, uh, somebody who didn't listen to the show last week when we talked yes. about it. Explain what Air Zonk is. Air Zonk is originally a TurboGrafx-16 game. It has uh, reappeared on the Wii U Virtual Console. It takes the main character of the Bonk, um, Bonk's Adventure games. He's like a caveman. Um, and it puts him into the future and makes him a cyborg that like flies across the screen. And like it's basically a shoot 'em up kind of like Gradius style. I'm imagining that like uh, Bonk himself is the airplane. Like he is just flying. He is. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That makes me very happy. But like he's a, he's like a cyborg Bonk, which is Zonk. Um, and the you know that that style of gameplay isn't necessarily like the most engaging or fun. But like um, this game has a lot of really uh funny and cool looking power ups and companions that like you collect along the way. So, like, you know, there are just times when basically the whole screen is filled up with either your bullets, your um, allies' bullets, and the enemy bullets, like, all flying around. Um, and it's just, like, big, stupid uh, spectacle, you know? It just, it's just, it's a very nice, like, 16-bit, colorful fireworks show. Sorry, you may have just said this, but, like, are you... You are Bonk, or Zonk. You're Zonk, right. And are you shooting aircraft, or are you shooting other... You're shooting some very strangely designed enemies. Oh, okay. Sometimes they are... Sometimes the enemies are, like, robotic lampposts. Sometimes they're, uh, like, a a bird wearing... A bird with, like, giant uh, spiky metal talons and a football jersey... The designs in this game are insane, and you're just fighting nonsense, <laughs> and it just keeps coming at you, and you keep coming at it. It's I, I I don't really know that I can describe it. Like it's it's just insane. That kind of sounds awesome. It's fun. We can play a little bit yeah. after after we record here. <clears throat> We've also we also played a little bit of uh, Yoshi's Story. That's right. For um, Thursday's episode, we brought Kelly Nugent in to talk about Yoshi's Story with us, and we had a fun time playing that game. But that enough about uh, what we have been playing. Mark, let's get into the new releases for next week and what we might be playing this week. So I'm going to preface this with a good old fashioned allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> on August 8th today, uh, Sign Mora X. Came out on the Switch eShop. Alleged because... Because uh, I keep hearing that it's like coming soon or later this summer. And when you go to the Nintendo website, there is no release date for it. It just mm. says summer mm. 2017. So it very well could be coming out today. <laughs> but who knows? But who knows? Right. So don't like hold us to that. Right. Unless if- you're British. Right? Then they can hold us to it? Australian. Australian. Oh, because Australia. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Australians can correct us. That's right. <laughs> and how would they correct us? Oh, by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. On August 10th, there is Flip Wars for the Switchy Shop. That's the um, like Nintendo, weird little like Nintendo eShop exclusive that seems to me like one of those pr- uh, like tech demo projects that they work on that occasionally get turned into larger games but this one just seems like it is what it is right like if they had taken uh star fox guard back when it was just called project guard not tacked it on to a star fox yeah, game exactly <laughs> yeah so this is that if you're unfamiliar this is that game where you're like little 
android robot things. They all look like little master chiefs. Yeah, is what they look like yeah, to me. little like little master chiefs, and you butt stomp, and when you butt stomp, the tiles flip over, revealing like the color of your avatar and. That's a confusing way of explaining that game, <laughs> you, but you kind of get it. Do you have interest in this thing? No, absolutely not. Do also, you? No, not really. Master's Chief? Master's Chief. Master Chief. I am I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm not familiar enough with the Halo mythology mm-hmm. to know if Master Chief is like the only one in the universe or if Master Chief is like a title. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm also not well-versed enough in the... But I've, I've been around enough Halo games and enough of Halo... Well, sure, you exist in the world. That's right. And play video games. Yeah. But, like, clearly when you're playing online, everyone is playing as Master Chief. Are, are you? Or are you just playing as, like... Are they all Spartans? Like, yeah, Spartan soldiers. Yeah. yeah. That was a good pull, right? I'm impressed. <laughs> Cortana. There we go. Uh, Ironcast coming out on the Switch eShop on the 10th. Phantom Trigger comes out on the 10th, and the Neo Geo game of the week is The King of Fighters 2000. 2000! Uh, I might pick up King of Fighters, but uh, I mean, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have have so many of these Neo Geo games. I have too many of them right now. Plus, I've got all these TurboGrafx-16 games to play. It's too many obscure video game system releases for me to play. Um, Anything on there interesting to you, Mark? I like the look of Phantom Trigger, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see if I pull the trigger. Mm, on the Phantom it. Trigger. <laughs> well, and I'll, let's just all hold out for Sonic Mania next week. Is it really next week? It's next week. Wow. Yeah, that'll be a real test mm. of, I don't know, what my love for Sonic, I, which is a, <laughs> a fragile to non existent zero. Thing, right? yeah. <laughs> all right, Mark, let, let's move out of the new releases. That leads us into a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, I want to talk about the pool. Mm-hmm. Going to the pool. Going down to the pool in your swimmy suit. Going for a swim. Is this an activity that you enjoyed as a child? Is this an activity that you enjoy now? I uh, now I don't I don't know the last time I've been really. I don't like being in a swimming suit now. Yeah, because you don't like taking your shirt off. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of it is that. I fi- yeah I find that there is like a weird hurdle at the beginning of any swimming session where it's like, okay, got to take my shirt off now. I think the last time I did, like participate in <laughs> pool-like activities it was like a year ago i went to a water park for uh-huh. a friend's birthday and i don't even know i think the last time i was at a water park was when i was like 12 yeah and um i was apprehensive mm-hmm. and uh the humanity is such a cornucopia of interesting shapes and sizes did it make you feel less bad about your it body it made me feel less bad about <laughs> my body um that of course has faded with time but after that like for those you know like i would say a couple months after i went to the water park i was like you know i don't i don't have to feel terrible no you don't mark of course <laughs> you don't have to feel terrible do you do you miss going to the uh, going to pools no, uh, it seems like this is something that you've just pushed out of your mind entirely. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, I don't even really consider it an option. But also, that's part of, even though we live in L.A. and there are many pools around, mm-hmm. um, there's no real pool that I would consider accessible to my life. Okay. You know? How about you? What, what was your, like, pool-going experience as a child So and now? Uh, so, when, when I was a kid, uh, my, my mother's a big tennis player, so we always belonged to, like a country club of some kind um so that means that there was we always had access to like my mother's preferred daycare method was take us to the club drop us off at the pool and then she was with her friends right (laughs) um so i used to be in the i was a little pool rat all the time um 
And like now it is so much harder. There, there was a, like over a year when I lived in a building that had a pool like in, in the courtyard. And I probably went in that pool twice. <laughs> um, it's just like a pool in a courtyard it gets sun for like three hours in the middle of the day uh, in summer and no time any other time of the year. So like it's a scam. You don't actually get to use that pool. I like the idea of swimming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like sometimes when I am feeling ambitious and I'm like, I would like a low impact, but uh, like worthwhile exercise. Right. I consider swimming. And then the, the actual like practical details of doing so sound exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. You got to like bring a suit with you. And, and you have a to towel. figure out like, where are you going to do this? Yeah. Right. Are you going to get a gym membership? Right. Or is there, because there's a, there's a, a pool at the Rose Bowl, right? Have we talked about this? Yeah. It has to be like Rose Bowl adjacent. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just people filling the stands <laughs> at the Rose Bowl, just watching you swim. Um, yeah, but like a, a place where you could do like laps. Right. Um, and not, because like th- this weekend, Sarah and I uh, snuck into the pool at the Westin Bonaventure downtown, um, which is a hotel in downtown Los Angeles with a very easy to sneak into pool. Um, so tip for everyone, <laughs> if you're ever in downtown and not already staying at the Westin Bonaventure, you can go in their pool. It's no problem. This is not an ad, by the way. No. With the Westin Bonaventure, your home. <laughs> no, no, no. They're oh, not paying us not for that. that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, so we, and it's not a, uh, you know, it's obviously not like a pool where you can swim lengths or anything. Um, but we just went in because it was warm and we just wanted to have like a relaxing hangout time. Uh, and that was nice. Um, I did take my shirt off and it was fine. And, you know, just like, just like you say at the water park, like you look around and you're like, there are maybe two people here with better bodies than me, but like everyone else is just a garbage fire like <laughs> me. It's fine. Yeah. We're fine here. Yeah. We're fine. Everybody's fine. That's right. Um, did you swim like, uh, competitively at all ever? Did you like, no, I was on a swim team for a little bit in, in high school. Um, but I was never any good. Uh, and one time I threw up on coach's jacket. If they were able to get the vomit out, we will never know. We will never know. And honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I know the conclusion <laughs> to that. Uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Elliot Schwartz. Mark, let's get into the news. Good old da- data miners. Good old data miners. They've been, uh, every time there's like an update or anything to a title, you can always count on data miners to go through it and see what they can see. Um, and data miners have turned up some int- interesting things in updates to both ARMS and Splatoon 2 recently. Mm-hmm. ARMS has code names for an additional eight to nine characters, depending on whether or not Twin te- Tell. T-W-I-N-T-A-L-E is just a repeat of the Twin Tell's real code name. Which is hair. Hair. Uh, yeah. That, so almost doubling the size of uh, ARMS's roster, which is exciting if true. And uh, also there is an ARMS update, uh, title update coming sometime this week and no word on what the contents of that will include. Yeah, everything I've read suggests that it's going to be small stuff. Oh, okay. So just like maintenance, maybe some... Maintenance, like, yeah, balancing. Balancing. Yeah. Uh, in Splatoon 2, there's additional maps are in development, which is not really a surprise. We knew more yeah. maps would be coming, but it, they found references to Kelp Dome and Blackbelly Skate Park, which are both really highly regarded maps from Splatoon, the original Splatoon, I believe. Yeah, I really like Kelp Dome. Um, there are also two new maps for Salmon Run being tested, Shake House and Three Points. And yeah, and those are just like their w- working names or how right. they're known internally. Yeah. Um, and then some new weapons, of course. And they found some references to like Octoline Boy. Um, yeah. So maybe, although I guess some, something similar was found in the original Splatoon mm-hmm. and nothing ever came of it. But maybe there's a chance you'll be able to play as Octolines. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, uh, that's the, like, hyped up rumor is, like, maybe you get to play as Octolings uh, in some version of the game. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. I think they're cool design characters. And also, we got Marina just hanging out with us. She's an Octoling. Right. One of us. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, in light of Dragon Quest XI success on the 3DS in Japan, Square Enix is bringing the first three entries in the series to the Japanese 3DS eShop later this month. So I think at that point you'll be able to play um, every mainline Dragon Quest game outside of the MMO Dragon Quest X on the 3DS. And you may actually be able to play Dragon Quest X on the 3DS. I don't really know. One, two, three, seven, eight, nine for sure. Yeah, and I think 4 and 5 had remakes as well. Well, there you four, go. 4, 5, and 6. So um, I think these are the 1, 2, and 3 are the mobile versions, which my understanding is are not the best ports in the world, mm. but still kind of cool if you have a Japanese 3DS. You can play all the Dragon Quest games on it. What? Oh, it's, it's weird to me that Square Enix has this like reputation for, or like there was a little bit where they were um, porting their early games over to mobile but doing kind of a crummy job because like the final fantasy 6 and 4 uh mobile ports are supposed to be pretty bad right right and don't they have like different new sprites and yeah the things sprites like are that? replaced with like some uh, bad chibi artwork that just doesn't uh yeah so do, do you know if that's what the dragon quest games are like or? i i don't i don't know if that's the case or if it's just like maybe not the most ideal port and really maybe they're totally fine right. it's just like a handful of people's opinions yeah um but in other dragon quest related news square enix also announced that dragon quest builders 2 will be coming summer 2018 for the playstation 4 and switch uh that's cool dragon quest builders 1 was re- is w- was really well received uh it's like minecraft-esque but definitely not just like a dragon quest minecraft clone yeah uh to me the most interesting interesting thing about this is ps4 and switch seem like a kind of like the future of multi-platform titles in japan like that's a combination Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me yeah absolutely because it's the the, like the high-powered home console and what is essentially a handheld right so like like that's that's the new uh ps3 plus uh 3ds or well yeah i mean it's still it's still like across the companies right like right it's still across the companies but like power wise they're like on a much more yeah, there's more parity like, there. F- right, like you can make a uh, Unreal Engine 4 game, yeah. although apparently a lot of those titles are having trouble on Switch, but you can make an Unreal Engine 4 game and it'll play across both platforms. And so that makes sense in a way that, you know, like PS4 3DS is a lot more work because you just have to build these games entirely. Right, two even separate like games. PS4, yeah. you know, like Wii U, PS4, Vita even, you know, like... They're yeah, totally different platforms. Different skews, yeah. yeah, and both, like, the PS4 is not the most successful console, console of all time, but up to the Switch's release, it was definitely the best-selling home console in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so now with the Switch, it just makes sense to for companies going forward to develop games for both. Yeah. Especially if you're Japan-focused. Um, I've been surprised at how long we've had three, like, three console developers. Like, I've thought for ever that the market could really only bear two um and i think part of that has just been offset by like nintendo kind of doing something different but like man just the uh the playstation nintendo like that future makes so much sense to me and having like i know there are a lot of xbox fans (laughs) of course um but like although no i'm a big xbox fan too because i know all about halo (laughs) and master chief um but yeah, just uh, it's. I I like that 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 pairing of the PlayStation Four and Switch. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I think it makes a lot of sense. I think when you are developing for outside of Japan, um, it makes a lot of sense to have the Xbox in there. But it, as we've seen, it's not. It doesn't seem that difficult to make a multi-platform like Xbox PS Four title. Right. You know. That that's on both platforms. So, um, and then of course, just speaking of Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest creator Yuji Hora has also reiterated that Dragon Quest Eleven is still in the works for Switch. No, um, information has been released about it, but it's definitely coming. It wouldn't be a surprise to me if it ends up being kind of like a 
when they have like the Pokemon like third version that combines the two. Ah, uh, yeah, where sure. it's just like some sort of melding of the PS4 and 3DS version in one package to get people to triple dip potentially right in this case and they'll do it yep people love that dragon quest well and dragon quest 11 sold over 2 million copies in its first two days of release in japan so and it seems to have been very well received it sold over 1 million physical copies on the 3ds a little under 1 million on the ps4 so yeah which uh, i mean that just answers the the question of why continue to support the uh the 3ds because it's selling a million units of Dragon Quest in two days, one day. Yeah, two days. So, absolutely. This is a little interesting. Nintendo's Japanese... Well, (laughs) I say that like, the previous stuff wasn't interesting. And of course it was. Of course, the other previous stuff was riveting. Right. And this will continue that riveting nature. This is going to be downgraded to just interesting. (laughs) A curiosity. (laughs) Nintendo's Japanese... Store is touting Amiibo functionality for NBA 2K18. Weird, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be... We really don't know anything about the Switch versions mm-hmm. of NBA 2K18 other than it's being released digitally the same day as everything else. Um, I believe that's in September sometime. And then it won't be until later that we'll get physical versions of it in stores. Yeah. But it'd be cool if they were including some sort of like... Yeah, like, costumes yeah or like mario's out there on the court yeah big mario head mode i guess the thing if this turns out to be true and not just like a error it'll be really interesting to see what amiibo work with it yeah because it's not like there's any sporty amiibos really uh what about the we fit trainer okay great point thank you yeah um here's my guess my guess is that there are customizable characters in nba 2k um 18 and that you can save the customizable character data to an amiibo and then oh. take it to someone else. And else's. so no like special features or anything. It's just purely a way to like. That's my guess. Tramp. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. It would be cool if there were like special jerseys or something. But that kind of goes against the yeah um, why you want simulation yeah. of real life NBA. Uh, Night Trap developer Screaming Visions revealed on Twitter over the weekend that they were originally in talks with Nintendo to bring the remastered version of Night Sw- Trap to the switch intel so nintendo said originally apparently said yeah great we're on board mm-hmm. and then two days later um reneged on that for what the developer said was a very quote random reason uh fine i don't need night trap on this thing so night trap of course for the reason that anybody cares about night trap of all mm-hmm. at at all is because it was the center of like the video game uh, violence and like controversy of the er early Early 90s 90s. yeah along with mortal kombat Mm -hmm. um it is a it's like an interactive movie about like vampires taking young women and doing bad things to them yeah and like you can at the uh player like controls the um, like CCTV cameras. Yeah. And so it has a bunch of different perspectives and there's actually like nothing bad in the game. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, maybe some girls in not very revealing underwear, you know? Sure. Basically pajamas. Right. Old fashioned underwear. <laughs> but um, for some reason, it was like the title that then Joseph, uh, Senator Joe, Joe Lieberman, mm-hmm. like trotted out as an example of how immoral and terrible video games were. And that's bas- this is basically why we got the ESRB. Yeah. Um, so it's getting a re-release for, I think it's like 25th anniversary or something like that. Uh, it's c- in a weird cosmic way fitting that it won't be on a Nintendo console <laughs> because part of the way that Nintendo avoided getting caught up in the storm around video game stuff was being like, it's not on our system. This is like Just Sega's problems. Yeah. yeah um yeah yeah so it seems totally fitting it's a weird little thing that is just happening in in the world of games right now that nintendo's like eh, we don't we don't here's a a random reason <laughs> it, it this is based on no information but it wouldn't surprise mm. me at all if like nintendo of, nintendo of america was like yeah sure that's fine and then later nintendo of, uh, of japan, japan yeah was like no no <laughs> And so the NOA had to go to the developers and be like, that. yeah, exactly. That would not surprise me in the slightest. 
Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Breath of the Wild's next downloadable content, the Champion's Ballad, Ooh. is due this holiday. And it will, of course, include some more items familiar to fans of the previous games. The shirt Link starts out with uh, in Wind Waker is one of the items that will be included. Speaking of pajamas, right? It's basically like a pajama yeah, shirt. Yeah, it is kind of, yeah. I've always wanted to have a giant uh, Link Wind Waker shirt that I could wear to bed. <laughs> it's And then cinch with a belt to uh, go to work in. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's hot in my office, Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it, we haven't really talked a bunch about uh, Breath of the Wild lately. Yeah. But I'm excited for Champion's Ballad. Mm-hmm. Excited for a little more story content. Yeah, and a, a new dungeon, evidently, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Um, it, it, when, it was just so weird that like before the game came out and we got that list of what the DLC was going to include, and it said a new dungeon. Um, that we had no concept of what the dungeons were in this game. Right. Um, I assume that means like a new divine beast of some kind. But it could be anything. Yeah, it really could be anything. Um, let's see. So, oh, last week we were talking about Capcom uh, having really great sales of Ultra Street Fighter 2. What mm-hmm. was it called? Like Champ- Champions Edition? What was it? It was Ultra Street Fighter 2. Oh, that's it. Right. Oh, okay, great. Ultra Street Rider 2 on the Switch. It sold like 450,000 copies. Maybe the Final Challengers? That sounds right. Final Challengers. That sounds right. <laughs> um, you know, Capcom, they love their tests for Nintendo platforms. They love making Nintendo fans buy games mm-hmm. and uh, for the promise that they are evaluating future support. So, with, you know, like with the underhanded, um, like read between the lines of if you don't buy this game we are you'll, never going to put anything right. on switch ever again you'll never see another mega man game <laughs> we're holding your favorites hostage so you know everybody sucked it up and bought the their street fighter 2 port and i did my part yeah and now they're asking us to buy resident evil revelations 1 and 2 when it comes to the switch later this year uh i didn't play either of the revelations games i didn't either and i think they're both pretty well regarded especially the second one Oh, I remember hearing that the first one was, uh, well, look, these are games that you and I will have to play. Yes, absolutely. Um, and now that they're both coming to Switch, um, like, for sure, we'll pick, we'll do an episode about it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to be $20 each on the eShop or $40 in a retail package. Inside the retail package will be a game cart that has Re- uh, Resident Evil Revelations 1 on it, but uh, just a download code for the second game. Uh, to prevent like people buying the game and reselling it? No, I think it's just because it's like there's oh. no good way to do it at a reasonable price point. Like you would either have to put two carts and two game carts in a package, and the I think Resident Evil Revelations Two is much larger than the first game, so it'd be an even like bigger cart. Well, and also I here's my guess as to as to because I I would still believe that you'd be able to fit both Resident Evil Revelations games on one game cart. Because the original was a uh, came out on 3DS first, so like the games can't be that enormous, right? Right, but I, the second one didn't. The second right. one is yeah. Well, this so here here's what I'm driving at is I don't think that Resident Evil Revelations Two ever received a physical release before. I think it was only available as a downloadable title because it was originally episodic. You you might be right. I'm not sure. So I think they just don't have the ability to like physically manufacture. I don't like I don't know if there's some weird rights issue or distribution or they have to seek like other certification to distribute the game physically. But I, I'm I'm guessing that's what it is. It's never seen a physical release and will never see a physical release. I think that that is uh, a really positive way to look at it. I think they're just being not cheap, but I think they're uh, Oh yeah. No, I mean they could just because it's never seen one before doesn't mean that they couldn't make it have one. Uh, I'm being a curmudgeon, too. (laughs) Atlas has revealed Persona Q2 for the Nintendo 3DS. Literally, the only thing we know about it is that it's using the graphics and tagline from Persona 5, which is Take Your Heart. So we can presume that the game will feature characters from uh, that game. It's a follow-up to 2014's Persona Q Shadows of the Labyrinth, which mashed up the cast from 
Persona 3 and Persona 4. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, I, I picked up Persona 5 on the PlayStation 4, and uh, the game's a little weird for me. Um, it's a little Japanese for me, uh, but I would totally play it if I could pick it up and take it with me on, on the Switch. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I, having not played the per, the previous Persona Q game, mm-hmm. I don't think, it's not like a remake or like a mobile right. remake or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like a weird, it's a just another like dungeon crawler type game i think that is just using the characters from the previous game yeah but it's also my understanding that the um that shadow of the labyrinth is more it's more in depth than just a dungeon crawler Mm. um that first game reviewed pretty well and uh, i know persona fans liked it so um yeah i don't know i'm like flirting with the idea of but who knows we know nothing about this game yeah and persona is one of those titles that i want to like yeah, I feel like I just missed the trolley, though, right? Yeah, like, when uh, I was here when you were playing something of Persona 5, mm-hmm. and for me, it wasn't, like, the, um, it was, like, the jank of the gameplay. Yeah. Like, that it felt so... It's, like, stilted and slow and... Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was difficult for me to get past. It also, I feel like its storytelling um, priorities are so weird. Like it, that it just like it flashes around in time in ways that don't make sense to me and like forces you to sit through these conversations that are just like excruciatingly dull. Um, alienating a lot of Persona fans <laughs> now, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, it was really tough for me to get into that game. Development company Virtuos is apparently working on porting a AAA game to Switch. That's all the info we have, courtesy of the LinkedIn profile of a developer at the company. Virtuos has previously worked on Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, Final Fantasy X and X-2 HD, Batman Return to Arkham, which was, I think, the first two Batman. That's right. Uh, Like the Arkham, Rocksteady As- Batman. Asylum and City. Yeah. yeah. Um, the games for the Wii U. And then Assassin's Creed, the... Is it Ezio? Ezio. Ezio, of mm-hmm. course. Collection. And plenty more. So so all of those games are coming to Switch. <laughs> uh, what do you think this is, Mark? Some sort of collection of games. Or even a single release of a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I feel like it's going to be like a too late port of something from like warner brothers games you know like, so like shadow of mordor or something yeah yeah or uh was that the first one i feel yeah, like that was, be, that yeah, was the first like, one yeah it'll be like the first one or something right but like the ps3 version without the nemesis system yeah, yeah. like i uh i don't know not that this company does bad work but um <laughs> it sounds like that's what we're saying no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that like i i don't i don't know i'd be love to be surprised and have it be something not that right also i mean you know just like uh capcom threatening not to bring any of their games over to the switch if it doesn't sell well like this could be one of those like it's a bummer though that it it probably will be a like downgraded or four years too late port of a game just i guess i'm still even though i didn't even own a wii u i have a bad taste in my mouth from like the mass effect 3 on wii u that came out you know like years after yeah, the original one, and you're just like, why would anybody buy this? But then when people don't buy it, they're like, yeah. see, no one buys our games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Um, have you, have you purchased any of those games on like the downgraded version of games on Nintendo platforms? Because no. I never have. No, because I've always did. I, I. No, I don't think I. Did. I think I rented from like Gamefly. No, that's not true. Uh, because before I had a Xbox 360 during the Wii era, I just had a Wii. Uh-huh. And I bought, do you remember when they uh, tried to relaunch like Atari or a company that had the Atari name at the time? Right. They tried to reboot Alone in the Dark. Yes. And I bought the Wii like version of that. So the, the game itself was not very good on the platforms it was really meant for right and the wii version was especially Abysmal, dire right but i think that that's the one and i may have rented chop till you drop uh the dead rising the dead rising game yeah on because i was so curious about that version but no because i've all because why i've yeah basically always owned an xbox 360 uh 
PS3 or a PS4, so I can get the good versions of those games if I want them. Um, in, an, in an interview promoting Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, developers from Ubisoft talked about how easy it was developing for the Switch and that it was no issue running Ubisoft's Snowdrop engine on the console. I bring this up because we talked a few weeks ago about the rumored problems Ubisoft was having getting steep working on Switch, hmm. but they're different. They run on di- those two games run on different uh, engines. Hmm. Well, so now Ubisoft knows for the future. Yeah. What engine to develop on. And super easy to put these multi-platform games on. Well, not super easy. There's no such thing as super easy. It's all super easy. <laughs> File, save as, <laughs> <Yeah>. PS4. File, <laughs> save as, Switch. <laughs> but there seems to be less reason for Ubisoft to not bring their um, multi-platform titles to it. Yeah. Although Ubisoft is one of the develop- third-party developers who is actually putting effort in on the Switch. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Mario plus Rabbids is like the biggest um, third-party uh, contribution to the platform that we've seen to date. For sure. Uh, Gamefly added an entry for a Switch version of Telltale's Batman game. Mm. This follows various retailers listing the game, and in the past, various retailers have listed the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game for Switch as well. There's been no official word from Telltale on any of this, but... I guess Gamefly doesn't usually, they are less prone to putting up um, listings that turn out later to not to be, be bogus. real. Yeah. So maybe there's something here. I mean, it seems strange that they wouldn't, right? Like you can run Telltale games on your phone or any anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if, it, it, if Telltale's whole thing is like put the game on as many platforms as possible, um, then get it on the Switch. So uh, just a, some eShop news. As we get to the end here, mm-hmm. Tumble Seed is on sale for 33% off, bringing its price down to $10, $9.99. The sale ends uh, August 19th. And if you're looking, if you've been thinking about picking up Ion Sepsuna, now's a great time to do it because it is on sale. I think it's like $24. Um, and But that sale ends Thursday, August 10th. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, and of course you are. Yeah, You've of course. Got two you days. You've yeah. got two days you to pick up Ion Setsuna. Did you ever put a little any more time in Ion Setsuna? I put a little time I into mean, it. There's a lot going on. I still have not picked up Dragon Quest Seven since the last time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'm <laughs> I not shaming to feel you. Pressure. Yeah, you you shouldn't at all. I was just curious. I was genuinely just asking. Uh, Shovel Knight is now available as a downloadable character in Blaster Master Zero. He's free at the moment, but will cost one ninety nine starting August sixteenth. This comes on the heels of Shantae being added to the game in a similar manner. Yeah, she was also free for a little bit, but I wasn't really paying attention at the time. Also, Blaster Master, I didn't really care about <laughs> that much, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to play as Shovel Knight. Um, in related Shovel Knight news, developer Yacht Club will be bringing Knight- King Knight's campaign to PAX West. PAX uh, West is September 1st through 4th, and we'll have more information about it then. I'm excited for this. Um, at long last, Rhyme has been dated for the Nintendo Switch. I think this is one of those too little, too late things. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people care enough about Rhyme to pick it up on Switch. I guess we'll see. I think people were interested in Rhyme, but then it came out and they're like, yeah, it seems like it's fine. Yeah. Right. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of response ukulele yeah. gets when it's released a little bit later. Um, Rhyme will be coming out on November 14th in North America and on... and in Europe on November 17th. Other recently announced uh, games include Axiom Verge on October 17th, and Thimbleweed Park is coming sometime this month or sometime in September, um, but should be, I guess, fairly soon. Mark, quit fooling around. The two pieces of information we want. I wish I could tell you. When are Pocket Rumble and Stardew Valley coming out on this Who knows? Who knows? Mark! I don't even know that we've had any update on either of them for quite some time. This is a gross miscarriage of justice. We Very still disappointing. <laughs> we still don't know when these games are coming out. Soon, hopefully, right? I mean, Pocket Rumble, uh, I'm not going to say I've given up hope. Don't but... you roll your eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> but Stardew Valley, we had the promise of summer. There was a, the developer did post an update about the multiplayer modes um, and about, because that's supposed to premiere on Switch. That it's, that On console. On console, spo- yeah, yes. That's right. Um, but that it is uh, going to like the beta testing on PC shortly. Um, but, you know, still that doesn't 
really give us any indication of when it's coming to Switch. And again, we're not angry. We're just no. we just want to enjoy your game. That's that's all. Yeah, we just want to enjoy and love your game. Yes, give it to us. Give it. And uh, last, in response to the Walmart SNES pre-order mix-up, <laughs> the continuing give it, yeah. <laughs> or the SNES Classic Edition pre-order mix-up, Nintendo released the following statement on Facebook. Quote, we appreciate the incredible anticipation that exists for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Super NES Classic Edition, and can confirm that it will be made available for pre-order by various retailers later this month. A significant amount of additional systems will be shipped to stores for launch day and throughout the balance of the calendar year. Uh, What a non-statement. Well, it at least lets us know that... NES, the Super NES Classic Editions will be available for pre-order order in North America, which was information that we did not have, yep. and that they would be happening this month. I'm going to guess like towards the end of the month, like yeah. uh, maybe a month from the launch date. And the launch date being September 29th, so you yes. think maybe August 29th we'll have mark your calendars. Mark says <laughs> August 29th, pre-orders go live. Um And yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that we're going to have a repeat of last year, uh, right? They seem to be yeah. getting out in front of this idea that it's going to be super limited. Uh, well, I hope it goes a little bit better than last year. Me too. Let's move out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, remember to join us on Thursday when we're going to be talking about Yoshi Story. Uh, so brush up on, on your, on your Yoshi chops, eat some berries, um, and just go for those, go for those light melons. Yeah. Go for the light melon. Don't, don't be like us. Yeah. Don't be like us. We were like, that's garbage fruit. We don't want it. That's the fruit you were. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode, please, uh, you know, rate review us on iTunes. Um, also if you enjoyed this, you know, tell a friend about it or share it on social media. Uh, we are at Nincart Society on Twitter, and our Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions uh, about stuff, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo, and our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can find more of Ape Betty's music on ApeBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, give it to me, and thanks for listening. Network.